to When God Was Queer. I'm your host, Ooh. Dakota St. Clair, and Hello. I'm here <laughs> with my beautiful other hosts. I'm Vince. I'm other Hi. host, Stephanie. <laughs> 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 and I'm the other uh, one. <laughs> <laughs> and this is our fourth host from the Upside Down. Just talking in Latin backwards. We should just add hosts every week. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. <laughs> Um, so if you are unfamiliar, obviously go back and listen to the first one, I guess. But this is our second mm-hmm. concept episode. And this is a thing that we are really just excited about. It's a really cool feature of our podcast, we feel. We're basically, we're going to take the past three episodes that we talked about and kind of really examine them and, and look at the major themes and how they pop up in other pantheons and across the world and what stuck out to us and what resonated and what was funny or whatever. It's an excuse um, to talk a lot more really yeah <laughs> we just it, we needed an excuse it's, to talk about chat time for longer yeah that's it so um so yeah so basically i mean we can just jump off now you know our our past three episodes were zeus poseidon hades and we have a lot to talk about in that i know we're going to probably discuss today dominion or purview in a pantheon like how do, mm-hmm. how is it determined or how is it meted out how are different spheres of influence or realms assigned how do you figure out who gets what job or what area in a pantheon we're gonna also talk about if the pantheon has a supreme god how is that determined and how does that stand in the worship of the pantheon as a whole how would that influence ritual practices and also what are the common archetypes in a in a pantheon and we can definitely expect a lot of instances where we're going to compare and contrast various gods of love for example and how they have common threads but also how the pantheon they're in flavors them differently or sees them mm. at least through a different lens so i think it's a good jumping off point we should probably look at the three dudes that we just talked about we talked about zeus we talked about poseidon we talked about hades this is a team Hades podcast. We know that. This <laughs> is sure. like Hades, Hades Stan town. Yeah. I don't want to reference the plays. I don't even know what it is. And also, Hades <laughs> is the name of like Vince's obsession right now in terms of a video game. So yeah, the game is sick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, what what was our feeling about the three, and who do you favor, and why? Obviously, I am Team Hades, clearly. But um, I did find it interesting, I think, in doing these three back-to-back in this order, which obviously makes sense, but it got me thinking more about the three of them as, like, almost, like, three facets of something. You know, like, as the three pillars, Mm. in a way. Like, I'm thinking about them much more in how how they relate to each other and how they are one. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Even though, obviously, they're very distinct characters. Yeah, they're like no, a triangle, yeah. exactly. It's like yeah. Vince, Vince is holding up a triangle. <laughs> An Illuminati. <laughs> yeah, this is a whole thing. Um, but it, I think that I've found it interesting for me and useful for me in the way that I think about archetypes constantly uh, thinking of things in, in sort of the terms of archetypes and the terms of like patterns. And because I'm usually just dissecting things that I want for storytelling, 
But I, I think thinking of the three of them as these like these three pillars that like lean against each other is really yeah. interesting. Instead, you know, I guess because there are so many Greek gods and they're all important in different ways, I've never really like thought of it like that. Obviously, they're like the big three, but like there's something about seeing them being brothers and being, you know, sort of like the sky, the sea, which is like sort of land level and then under. It's just interesting yeah. to look at them in that way and then also see the parallels and differences between them because they do kind of seem like brothers. Like they yeah. do feel mm. like brothers, you know, yeah. like they, the way like people with siblings, often the siblings do seem really similar, but they're just like totally different specific vibes. But like yeah. you can feel, you know what I mean? Or even the way siblings faces sometimes like look similar, but like, you know, each of them has oh a my. unique version of it. It's like the three of them really feel like that to me. So it's in a way, even though like whatever fuck Zeus, but like talking about them in that way, you start to see the parts that at least maybe if they're not good, they're at least interesting. The parts that interest yeah. me about all three of them. And even Zeus has a lot of things that are super interesting or like meaty, like in terms of if you're playing him as an actor or something, there's definitely stuff to grab onto that, like the interesting psychological stuff about him. Even though obviously like if you actually just wanted to be one, it would be Hades. <laughs> like he's clearly yeah. a I mean, cool one. He has redeemable qualities. What defines him yeah. is that he chooses not to not ever to. engage yeah. with <laughs> But that's even that is thing. interesting. But that's an interesting character it's an interesting choice yeah it's not good like i don't want to be friends with him (laughs) but like it's super distinct too yeah you know what i mean you don't see it all the time and so yeah i mean i think zeus is obviously like the poster child of how like the greek gods are a cautionary tale don't be like that don't do this yeah (laughs) um out of the three of them he seems the least serious in every way which is really interesting because like I don't know. I, I mean, he's I know he's not like the supreme. <laughs> he's not the supreme god, but like he is the big one. How much? This is a question I he had. He is the for, supreme god of the pantheon. I, but so, how much is he considered? Like, I know that he obviously he's like head fucking guy in charge. But mm-hmm. like, it, how much in the time was he thought of that way? I mean, obviously the other gods are so important. Oh, one hundred percent. But a hundred percent, it is like prime, Zeus above, above all yeah, others. Yes. Yeah. Which is how. I think, obviously, because it's true, how I've always thought about it. But it's interesting to see the the big three as, like, almost equally important and the other two as actually just much more um, thoughtful and serious and, like, getting shit done On a scale. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, 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 Yeah. for sure. But compared to Zeus, who's, like, really not getting anything done except just, like, nonsense. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, well, I I love the... Because this made me think of when you said brothers again because I was like... Poseidon being the middle child makes a lot of sense. Yeah, oh, like yeah. Really quirky He's ways so to get attention. Child. Like, look, horses. And everyone's like, what? Yeah. Right. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> He's yeah, the weird, like, quirky middle child who, like, also doesn't yeah. get like he doesn't get as much attention or something you know he's like yeah. a little bit forgotten like in the middle well, also and like it, the being like horses like this is me now and then the yeah. ocean this is me now <laughs> yeah. you know like yeah. that, that bob's burgers moment he's, he needs to stand out in some way he's like is mm-hmm. anyone noticing me yet? hades being the the quiet responsible older one who just is yeah. like fine you know right and does whatever, his own fine. thing like doesn't I even guess really being the fucking baby yeah and just fucking yeah. yelling and throwing lightning yes and getting what he wants because he's the baby so yes. the baby <laughs> I think it's really interesting how you posited them as like three sides of a triangle because I often do think mm-hmm. about them in a sort of utilitarian context as like tent poles. Like yeah. Yeah. they they do kind of hold the whole thing up for better or for worse. And so it is really important to understand like the vital role that they have, but also it almost feels like to me, yes, they're brothers. Yes, they're cut from the same cloth. I almost see it as a single point of origin with three different trajectories. Totally. Mm. Exactly. You, you get what I'm saying? Like That's you can cool, see that yeah. they have the same root, 
But depending on their choices versus their intrinsic makeup, they end it completely, like, unbelievably different. It's like Buckshot. It's like they all came out of the same barrel of the same gun, but they ended (laughs) up in, like, like, launched into different areas. I mean, I guess it makes sense because, like, I... I suppose all gods in a way are associated with an area or have like some form of purview, but like the three of them being, I, I being like, you know, one over the other, over the other is such a, it is, they are literally structural. Like, yeah, they are. And they also physically. never meet. They right. never meet. The only place yeah. that all three intermingle at all is the earth, which is none of their territory. Right. right. It's they a don't neutral go, ground. They don't go like check in on each other at their, they don't go to each other's houses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is really interesting, actually. Yeah, if you think Poseidon's about it, not never... like, hey, bro, going down to Hades, like, just to no. hang out for dinner. They don't do that. <laughs> no, and it's only Zeus's supremacy that makes Mount Olympus a place where it would be, yeah. uh, for any reason, uh, any of the gods would have to, like, report Go there. there. Or yeah. do business there. But you never see Zeus or Poseidon going to the underworld or, or Hades or... I can't imagine Hades going to like Poseidon's underground no, uh, underwater golden palace. You know what I mean? Like his like no. pool, like bar that you swim up to. Like yeah, there aren't like... enough shadows down here. Yeah, no. yeah. <laughs> I feel like his wa- his so clothing, bright? his like cloak or whatever, is not waterproof. Like it's not a thing. <laughs> no, it's just not dripping. It's like... just wet and uncomfortable. <laughs> I do like the idea of him chilling down there, and like an angler fish goes by, and he's like. What's up? All right. This is yeah, all I like that one. I like that one. Yeah. <laughs> that one's yeah. cool. Gosh, I can get <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I get guess... like a little fucking like a instead of a business card, it's like a co- like a coin from a dead person's eyes. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. You ever want to get out of the ocean and uh, yeah. see what's going on under Come under everything? Come see me sometimes. Yeah. You know, looking yeah. for a job, kid. <laughs> I mean, I guess it makes sense. Mount Olympus is kind of like HQ, so it's like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like the the, the flagship store. <laughs> like you have, yeah, to go, right. like, you have to go there like once in a while, even if you're like the big guys. But like, yeah. But Mount Olympus also isn't just like I mean I guess none of them are just their land. But I feel like Mount Olympus is more shared. I think of it as being more shared because there's so many people that hang out in Mount Olympus. Like yeah. I know a lot of people hang out in the sea too and in the underworld. But it feels like those more like are their compounds. That they yeah. like, they're under yeah. much, they're more under their control. I feel like Mount Olympus is Zeus's, but it's also like, it's just like, I, I mean, also he, some ha- of that, though, he has like a I frat house. So, I thought it was so great when you described it in, uh, I think it was in Hades episode when you were like, yeah, I don't know. I think the underworld's so interesting because I've never really even tried to kind of like conceptualize it. Like, I have no problem imagining what fucking Olympus looks like. It's like I can suburbs. picture like, it perfectly. It's gonna be super yeah. basic. Suburbs. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> so it's almost. I think that of of like that's still just as characteristic of Zeus because he's super basic. He's but basic. Like, yeah. When you look at Poseidon's realm and you look at Hades' realm, there is no mistaking that they are oh, characteristic yeah. of that god. You know, For like sure. it's almost this like which one is influencing which, and it seems mm. to be like it goes both ways. You know what I yeah. mean? So yeah, I, I think it's wild. Yeah, that's really but I think cool. it's cool to separate the way we ended up separating the three of them. I mean, of course, it on some basic level, it's like duh, it makes sense. But I, but really being able to visualize them more as these three sort of like e- equal in a way, even though Zeus is obviously Big Daddy Zeus, but it still is like these three equal sort of forces coming from three different places that kind of make up the structure of everything that follows. Yeah. I really like that triangle idea because it makes me think of like, obviously the three sides, but then if we put a dot in the middle, 
like one moves upwards, right? Which would be like Zeus's, you yeah, know, whatever. And then the two that kind of move diagonally downwards in different direction is kind of like the sea in Hades, or mm-hmm. like you know the the underworld. Um, and and so in thinking about that, like I think in terms of like people's like I, I'm pretty probably pretty obviously attracted to like some of the esoteric shit that gets attached to these things, right? And right. I think we think of when we think of esotericism, it's always kind of like upwards, right? The sky, like reading augury and all of that shit right but i think like in the same way they that that esotericism goes the downwards right Mm. like there's the whole if we look at like the idea of air being like thoughts and blah 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 blah, well then water there's a whole realm of like emotional like subconscious stuff that is esoteric in nature as well right that is just as deep in that direction Mm -hmm. and then thinking about hades and like the underworld as like transformation um and like the ultimate transformation um and like kind of moving into like how death cults aren't really usually death cults they're more about celebrating the like kind of focus on the afterlife not that process of death itself um and so like there's a shit ton of esotericism in like that transformation as well um and so like i think that's one of the more interesting things about that triangle shape uh is that like looking at an equilateral triangle there is equal force moving in all different directions like regardless of which way you go there's plenty of uh, purview, p- plenty of domain, plenty of mm-hmm. uh, kind of uh, just like higher levels to con- consider and like think of these things. Um, and I think normally we kind of just associate that with the sky, probably because of some of the you know uh, Abrahamic religion stuff of mm-hmm. God right. being up there and like that being where we're supposed to be going and stuff. Um, but yeah, that's always I think that that's really fascinating to me. I really like that triangle image. I think it's also really cool too because the points are never in the same place. Yeah. And like we said, there's like not a lot of overlap. You can't imagine them going to each other's houses, really. But one of the <laughs> things that I did want to kind of bring up today that I thought was really interesting is that if you look at the uh, ancient Romans, they had groupings of the gods that mm. were classificatory, but they were also like specifically worshiping <clears throat> this group of gods because it was associated with this area of life mm. on all sides, if you will. And the yeah. Greeks also, uh, to a much lesser known extent, also had this type of grouping. So, for cool. example, they had like the Theoi Agoroi, which are the gods of the Agora, which is the marketplace yeah. and the people's assembly. So you would have like Zeus, who, of course, is like the god of everything that's like kings, princes, the people who right. preside over the assembly. Athena, goddess of wise counsel. You'd have Dike, who's justice. Themis, who's custom. Calliope, who's eloquence. And then you also had in this group the gods of the marketplace, which would be Hermes, right? Mm-hmm. Of course, mm-hmm. who's the god of commerce. commerce but you yeah. also had Athena again, this Ooh. time not as like wise counsel, but as the patron god of artisans and handicrafts. She invented gotcha. weaving. She yeah. uh, is associated with pottery, but she has a counterpart in this setting, and it's Hephaestus. Because Hephaestus is the god of the forge, so he's the other half of the artisans. She's what you do with your hands. He's what you do with fire, basically, right? So he's, of course, going to be like metal workers and blacksmiths. Yeah. So, yeah, you have all these different groupings, right? Like, some of them are really cool. Like, um, you have, like, the gods of medicine and healing. You have the gods of the gymnasium, athletics, the Olympic Games. You have the gods of agriculture. You have the gods of feasts and banquets. So, of course, you have, like, Dionysus. Yeah, let's go. You have Hestia um, <laughs> together because they would preside over all feasts because you had the right, wine and yeah. the hearth. 
You can't have yeah. a feast without those. Yeah. <laughs> but they would also be accompanied by the what were called like the festive gods. You have to have Aphrodite there if there's going to be any pleasure. Right. Even in like recreational activities, not just sex. Gotta have some fun. Yeah. 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 You have to have the charities who we talked about, the three charities or mm-hmm. graces. Mm-hmm. who are the goddesses of joy, dancing, and other it's amusements. like art, right? Yeah, like music mm-hmm. and stuff, yeah. That's and you would have the gods of music as well, yeah. who were really cool. I went through these, and there's probably like 12 at least of these, right? And I was like, God, I wonder if any of them actually have the three brothers in there at once. There has yeah. to be oh. some kind of really big idea. A Venn diagram all where they all, <laughs> yeah. Right? There isn't. There Whoa. isn't. Not one time. That's it's gotta wild. be... But that that means something. Like that is yeah. significant. That I think that they were they're so separate. Again, a single point of origin, completely, yeah. almost like complementary but oppositional endpoints. Yeah. So, but very you complementary. You can't put them together in the same place because they are fundamentally different parts of reality that don't yeah. overlap. But that you is so, I mean? and that's so interesting to think about. Yeah. And I love that them being so connected, like being so compatible and almost like needing the other ones to exist because you need opposites also is the thing that prevents them from connecting and like prevents them mm-hmm. from joining or prevents them from working together. It's like, it's, I mean, that's like, that's like life, you know, it's like yeah. the very thing that makes them connect and makes them so similar is also what makes them not able to really cross paths or like be close well yeah because yeah. it's like as simple as like the sky doesn't touch the ocean literally the ocean like they can't touch the underworld yeah. <laughs> like they can't but also is that not and i and i like the way that you just put that let me give you a flip side that i see to it you can only have order with checks and balances that disallow a coup from yeah. one of the brothers mm. on another for yeah. sure they for sure. Ca- they literally cannot do it no yeah you know what I'm saying? Like, the two that's can't wild. join against the third. It's so true. It is It is checks and balances. Yeah. And I really like the, I mean, I think the story of the lots really kind of outlines that, right? Like, even if we take them as human, right? Three brothers kind of deciding how they're moving out of mom's house. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, and going in very different, like, career paths, going in very different parts of the country. You know, like, they're they're still family, but they went real different ways after having to kind of, like, like, honestly, having a tra- traumatic child, like, childhood. Bad childhood, right? yeah. Um, and then, you know, that final lots of, like, Hades probably sighing and go, all right, uh, and, and kind of quietly resigning to the underworld. Um, and, like, yeah, there's probably a little bit more interaction between Poseidon and, and uh, Zeus just by virtue of, again, like, Poseidon is closer to this guy. They're closer to each other. They are both Olympians, where Hades yeah. is not. Right. Even right. though Poseidon doesn't really go there that much. But yeah, no, I think that, I, that's, I like that a lot um, as an organizational kind of thought map. It also um, kind of reminds me of, this is like a little bit, to take it a little bit dark, but I think it is, and maybe this is just because I'm very Sicilian and this feels like kind of a Sicilian <laughs> thing. It feels like, I like that you're like, I'm ready for this. I'm so uh, ready for this. <laughs> it, it reminds me, the drawing the lots uh, is now reminding me of when someone dies and you split up the, the stuff in the will. Mm-hmm. It's like the three of them taking, you know, it's like they they couldn't each get the house. One of them had to get the house and one of them got fucking shafted and got like, you know, the car or whatever, you know, like got got all the the furniture. But like the the, the antique furniture, but like didn't get the one thing of value, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And and it does. mm. It kind of feels like that's like the the flip dark 
flip side of that is that it is a little bit like they started their yeah. life away from each other, kind of like dividing up property. And, well, their you know, dad the way you... died. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like that makes a lot of sense. Right. It's like, and also not only just their dad, but like the whole previous generation died. Yeah. yeah or like, or yeah. went away. Like, you know. Yeah. For, <laughs> so it's yeah, like. But- is for all intents and purposes basically gone yeah basically yeah. gone so they they are kind of like splitting up the will like all the property i do kind of like the idea because themis is like often pictured at the right hand of zeus as a, as an advisor and is part of that generation kind yeah. of being like a wailing sicilian aunt that's constantly <laughs> shaming him it's just yep. like if your mother could see the way you oh my god and hades just being like I just know he's fucked. I'm doing fine down here. Yep. But I yeah. I know he's. I'm happy with what yeah. But it's like the classic thing where then like the family never ta- like people don't talk to each other ever again because they're right. so bitter about like the way <laughs> yeah. things got split up that they're like, yeah, you know, like get out of my yeah. life. That's also, so real. I do, I do like to, I, I do like also the idea that like that nobody actually gets the house because the house is earth. Yeah. So like right. mom ha- mom knew how her three sons were yeah. and like put it in the will nobody gets the house. Nobody gets the house. You can she split donated it to a charity. Like, she, she donated, donated it to a charity. To nobody can touch yeah. it. That's Only it. Humans can live there. The rest That's of you it. get Amazing. out. You gotta yeah. fucking figure it out. Like you, you know, which I, would explain I, why they keep showing up. They're like yeah. checking on the house. Like what are you fuckers doing? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like the thing where you can't get your inheritance until your relative dies. Like they won't let you have it. They're like ninety eight <laughs> years old. And you're like broke. And they're like, not until I die, you know. <laughs> but but the earth will never be theirs. No. Oh, that's great. Yeah, it's that. wild. Like I, I it's Big Mama's house. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Speaking of movies that have not aged well, Jesus Christ. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> what do we think about the fact that it's kind of and we, we mentioned it when we talked about Hades. It's a pretty common thing that whoever gets the underworld or in some way the realm of the dead is getting the short end of the stick. Now, I will say, in my experience of learning about different pantheons and different mythologies and things like that, Hades is kind of the exception to the rule. Like, Hades is like, yeah, well, turns out I'm, you know, I'm like a sad boy anyway and wasn't getting along with everybody up top, so it's cool for me. Whereas there are a lot of different pantheons where, like, the person who ends up with the underworld or the realm of the dead, like, got tricked. Like, fully yeah. had a different realm and got, like, shortchanged or <laughs> got completely bamboozled. Stop and now they're, that. like, pissed, you know? Or some, like, there's this whole, like, conjecture about Ereshkigal, um in the sort of ancient Babylonian pantheon and why in the descent of Inanna you have Inanna, the queen of heaven, and you have her sister, Ereshkigal, the queen of the underworld. And there's a lot of different reasons. Sometimes there isn't even one given of why she goes to the underworld to see her sister. Hmm. But on sight, she walks into the throne room and strikes her sister dead. Oh. Ereshkigal, the queen of the underworld, strikes Inanna, the queen of heaven, dead. On sight. Oh, my God. Drama. There's always been all kinds of conjecture, a lot of which, and it is borne out in the myths, for, on some level, they divvied up the universe, everybody went on about their shit, and everybody just fully forgot about Ereshkigal. Like, left her into the underworld. They were all like, we'll call, we'll write, we'll come visit you. And so she she's just pissed. Her. 
She's pissed. She's like, you didn't return my calls. I was stuck in here. The door locked. I didn't know how to get out. Right. Like, like you uh, never came surprise, back. guys. Uh, did you guys get user manuals for your realm? Because I yeah. fucking didn't. I don't know what the fuck and then is going on. All, out of nowhere, all these people just started showing up, and I don't know what to do with them, and they're really sad, man. Like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Like, <laughs> but, like, there is there is an interpretation that she actually was uh, would be seated on her throne and she was constantly crying out in agony because she was literally perpetually birthing souls through the cycle of reincarnation. Right. Oh, God. And Awful. was, like, literally screeching where the other uh. gods could probably hear her and chose yeah. to ignore her and just, like, let this fester for a really, really long time. So anyway, yeah, I just wanted to kind of see, like, what your thoughts were about that or, like, if you've seen any other examples of, like, the person who gets the underworld or the realm of the dead is just, like, not going to end up a happy camper. Yeah. I mean, that, I, feel, I feel like that is big Oya energy in terms of, like, her, mm. a lot of her story being her being scorned or, like, shit not working out for her and then her getting some lord, of, like, some form of dominion as a result. Because um, even, like, her symbol of nine, like, the nine colors is, like, her children who couldn't, like, she couldn't keep them. Yeah. Like, they're, they were all past. And so, like, um, I think, uh, like, her relationship to Ogun and uh, Shongo, like, also kind of this score, like, arguably there first, right? I'm pretty sure she was there first. And then, you know, other things happen. Like, kind of like what you're saying, like, had another dominion and then someone else shows up or something happens and mm -hmm. then changes. But at the same time, and, and I don't know if this is just because, you know, of me being an edgy piece of shit, um... Like, oftentimes, it's the coolest shit they get the dominion over. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like, in Hades' case, obviously, all of the underworld is sick as fuck. We just went over that for, like, several episodes on how sick the underworld is. Mm -hmm. But, like, even with Oya, like, being, the, like, the goddess of storms, the goddess of the cemetery gates, um, nine as a number is just really cool spiritually. Mm -hmm. um, and I think even her, like... Uh, kind of like when the divine twins are like cast out, she's the one that takes them in. Mm -hmm. um, and her protecting like moms who like have had uh, really a lot of trouble with uh, childbirth um, and like being the kind of main person that like she's the only other person other than. Because um, I believe I think, weren't all nine of her kids miscarriages? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, and she uh, like. Iku is, like, death. is not, like, necessarily god of death, but is, like, is death. Um, and at one point, so, like, just really quickly, like, uh, Oludamare, supreme god, right, um, has everyone's, like... Oh, I don't think we actually mentioned this. So we're talking about the Orisha pantheon that's rooted in oh, yeah. <laughs> Yoruba land, the, king, the Yoruba kingdom, which is modern-day Nigeria, which has basically made it across the Atlantic and then taken on like over a dozen different forms in African tradition and African diasporic religions and belief systems throughout the Atlantic coast of North, Central, and South America. Sometimes people call them like the seven African powers. Like there's kind of like it's called it's kind of like the Olympians where you have like the classic list of Orishas, and that's mm -hmm. not all of them, but those are like the major ones. And Oya yeah. is usually on the list. Oh yeah, for sure. Because um, she's also like the goddess of marketplace, which I think is super cool. That right. She gets that, and also like that whole thing tying into cyclopumps. But before I go there, like 
Uldemar, Supreme God, has everyone's stuff figured out. And then it's Orn Mila, I think his son, who is the one who kind of deciphers like the will of the Supreme God for everyone else, right? And so there's Orn Mila, and then there's Eshu, who's kind of the classic trickster, um, is uh, the messenger between everyone, right? And so there's this contest where, like, essentially Iku and Eshu get in a fight, right? Uh, the because like Eshu's whole thing is the the dictate comes down and then Eshu tries to confuse everyone about it because you know that's fun. Um, Iku and Eshu get in a fight and Iku wins the fight and is about to kill Eshu and Orinmila grabs like a club that is about to like come down upon um, Eshu. So it's like the chaos and unpredictability of fate doesn't matter to death because death is certain. Death is the truth. Death is absolutely inevitable. Right. right. And the only other person to have been able to, like, interact with Iku in a way where it's, like, did they, like, might have conquered Iku is Oya. Mm. Um, and so, like, incredible amount of power, right? She's the goddess of magic. She, like, teaches, uh, in some stories, teaches Shango how to even use the lightning magic that he uses. Mm -hmm. And so, like, her, like, we have a very different kind of role of the psychopomp here, right? Because, like, the Greek psychopomp Hermes, right? We have someone who's the messenger of the gods, but also actually ferries the, the dead folks, the dead spirits, to the underworld. Well, Eshu, or in like in very closely close geographically and uh, psychologically, like Legba, right? Like the those lords of the crossroads, they're the messengers. They handle things that are supposed to like you know offerings and things like that. Like they are literally the, the mail service, but they don't deal with death. Like they're not the ones ferrying those souls. So like. In the Yoruba tradition, that is Oya, right? She's the one that's doing that. So she's kind of a psychopomp as well. Hmm. Um, and so, like, I just find that's, like, that kind of split up of uh, those duties very interesting. Whereas, like, Hermes kind of does them all. Um, it's also a it different makes... version of a psychopomp. Yeah. Because yeah. some psychopomps are super kind. Some are super ominous. Scary. Some are yeah. really, like, horrifying. Like, we were talking about, like, how, like, the Kares are also kind of suck the pumps and all yeah. they want to do is tear your fucking soul out of your yeah, body they're pretty <laughs> you know fly down screaming and screeching into fucking hades with you it's like yeah dying wasn't bad enough here we go yeah. you know yeah. the but her also being the link to your ancestors right which is an incredibly mm. powerful and important practice and the marketplace ultimately being like you know in that tradition it's like earth is not necessarily home right it's the marketplace that we come down to and then go back up from um and so i love um, that idea i think that's really yeah scary. it's a it's a really it's a nice way to me, think about it it's comforting or something yeah i was gonna say for me it's a very freeing idea to, sure. uh, to think about here as a marketplace as a temporary um, sort of like step stopover and her and having also, like it not being temporary and that it's the veil of tears Right. right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, oh, yeah, it's yeah. actually, it's like temporary, but it's like, I don't want to say a video game, but like, it's like, it's, oh, yeah. It's, there's activities, it's bustling. Right. It's We're going active. to do some stuff and then we you're go back. You're going to do some yeah. cool stuff and then you're going to leave. Like, you're that's an outing. really cool. <laughs> yeah. As opposed to like, yeah. you were put here, it's all temporary, everything's going to die and you were meant to right. suffer. It's like, <laughs> not in a oh, tragic way. Great. Just like, this is one, this is like one big day out. Like, yeah. you know? Yeah. And also just her, like, her being tied in relationship to the two forces that would violently kill you, Okun and Shango, mm -hmm. right? Like, if you're going to violently die, it's probably those two or Oya herself. Um, and so her having really direct connection to that and having been in some authoritative, uh, authoritative position with those folks. Yeah. I just think it's super cool. And so, like, and I find this with Egypt. I find this with a lot of these places where, like, we have, quote-unquote, death cults. But if you look at Kali, if you look at... 
uh, Sekhmet, if you look at Oya, they're not, it's not like a death cult. It's about the afterlife and like that permanent and forceful transition or transformation and the person who has purview over that. And like the, to have the like dominion of the most foundational transformation any being can go through in my opinion, it's just really it's awesome. fucking cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So also, just like to put it out there, Oya's also super gender variant. Mm. Oh. I don't know if you know this. I don't. So there's a, I can't remember the actual Pataki or the story, but basically like there's a moment in which Shango himself gets like captured and mm. she goes full warrior woman and yeah. like takes on all the enemies, kills them, frees him, and he like then respects her as a warrior after that. Yeah. And there's these depictions of her where when she goes into battle, she literally grows a beard and puts oh. on pants and wields a machete and rides the wind into war. That's, that's what so I do when I go to battle sick. as well. You know what I'm saying? Like exactly. yes. Yeah, yeah. Like And that's I think so that cool. like in that same area, right, we have the Dahomey people who had the Dahomey Amazons, which mm-hmm. was, like, the whole part of the army that were just women. And they had this, like, chant. I don't remember it word for word, but it's essentially, like, let us cast off our womanness and become the men of war or something like that mm-hmm. as they, like, awesome. go into battle. Um, and they were considered their own, like, they weren't, like, a, a piece of the army. They were, like, equally, uh, like, associated with the army of the Dahomey kingdom and, like, had their own cores within that. Right. Um, so that's just, like, yeah. That's yeah, just, it's like, like army sick. versus air force. Like, it's, like, yeah. we're yeah. Yeah. the arm that we need. Yeah. yeah. And they were, the, they were like, in, you know, the, the in Benin and, like, that area, that was one of the kind of uh, main sites of slave trade. Um, and early on, the Dahomey Amazon, um, though that part of the army who were, like, the army was in charge of capturing the slaves because a lot of them came from warfare – um, they were actually pretty against the like whole slave thing. They were like, this is not a great idea. We're going to do it because we're the army and that's what we're supposed to do. But like, not the best idea. Um, so listen to black women. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at the camera and I'm pointing my finger. Oh. Yes. <laughs> looking at all of us and you. Yeah. <laughs> One of the big things that relates to what we're talking about that I have found really useful to think about, even though I already knew it was true, is to escape the sort of like Judeo-Christian idea of hell and the idea mm. that there, to think more about the underworld as something more complex than just like a place of suffering, yeah. which I know that it's not always as all-encompassing as necessarily as it is in the Greek, where I feel like even if it's good, you go there. Like, even if you were good, you go, you just go to hate. Like, you just go to the underworld. Like, that's just where you end up. Which is pretty common, because it's, like, it's pretty simple. You're not a god. It's the afterlife. You're going down (laughs) into the earth. You go We buried you. That's where you live now. But it's, like... ID check at the door. (laughs) And I didn't grow up with religion at all. Um, like, I mean, my, you know, my grandparents were somewhat religious, but even barely, like really only one side. And like, so I didn't grow up going to church except to see it as art. Um, so it's not, but even, so even for someone like me who didn't grow up with religion in my household so much, uh, except the vaguest bit, even just living in this world, I feel like there is such a concept of hell as being this like suffering place of bad shit and i think it's really healthy and good and i already knew that that wasn't it wasn't that simple obviously but it's i think just the more we've talked about it the more interesting it is to think of the underworld and the people who rule it and the people who are live there as just so much more complicated it's just this much more complicated concept that really isn't 
isn't bad at all, even though there are really bad fucked up things because Mm -hmm. that's also where the bad people go, but it's not, it's, it's just way more complicated and way more varied and it's, it's its own universe. And that, like, I think that's super helpful for like considering, I didn't even realize how, I think it's just so impressed upon us, like just living in America and probably Europe is similar, you know, like uh, at least Western Europe, you know, it's just like, we just think of hell as hell hell it's bad it's hell we use the the word all the time you know it's just like i i want to really break that in my brain because it's just so and even though personally i don't think of it that way at all but it is even not thinking about it like that personally you'd realize how much looking at hades how different hades is from that hades is not the hell that i grew up thinking of even though i've known about hades my entire life but like the hell that you know you just commonly talk about the basically the christian hell you know yeah it's just so different and so much more interesting Mm -hmm. yeah because even in those like when these like when other spiritual practices are being synchronized or syncretized under christianity like when we look at where death spirits often end up in that is always associated with hell right Right. like even um like the the conception of the devil and like how he might show up in human form is always kind of associated with a lot of stuff at least in the u.s tradition i find like very associated with hades a mix of hades uh some forked tail goat god stuff and then also like blackness right Mm -hmm. um and so like looking at like the devil went down to georgia um who is actually like if you look at the signs there they're talking about psychopomp they're talking about eschewa right Mm -hmm. um the red and the black right uh crossroads being really scary because yeah yeah um and so and then like the the spirits of death even in bodu and like all the like when they come over here those are what's associated with like the scary part of reality um whereas if you go backwards that it wasn't so much i mean yes we're scared of death because shit's wild we don't know Um, but right but it, it isn't this like ultimate you know penalty for having lived regardless of what you did right right exactly um there's there's it's way like you're saying it's its own reality right like it's you have to cross that gate right that's what the stairway the the crossroads the gate mm-hmm. whatever you have to cross there into a different reality and because we're in the one that we're in right there's a lot of mystery there and mystery equals fear right even just like the idea of the woods before a lot of civilization the yeah. woods was dark scary dark. don't go out there right? that's the there. barrier and also where you could meet the devil yeah Precisely. true though like a wild untamed nature was definitely go where you woods, could meet the devil yeah. yeah but i think it's so interesting to really break that and and i also think it's interesting that it sounds like in a lot of other pantheons <laughs> other than christianity the devil character or the god of the underworld or the you know the death gods often also like it seems have other thing other qualities to their personality than just yeah. like i'm gonna fucking i kill people like i you know yeah. when you think of the devil the way we grew up thinking about the devil it's like the devil just punishes people that's it like he's just the punisher you don't think of there's no other like obviously that isn't the case when you study it but like the, the i'm talking about in like popular culture and in like the way yeah. we are taught it's just like the devil is just the bad guy who will get you hurt people you hurt do... people as yeah. like an entity yeah. yeah yeah and it's just like wow very very boring uh, you know like and i think well they're two dimensional very like and it's I, just... I like a lot of what you've been saying about like the nuance that you see when you go outside of specifically modern christianity and modern and I, christianity I think it's, yeah 
I think it's really interesting, especially considering that I know me and Vince both grew up religious, very differently, yeah. but both religious. It's very interesting to hear from somebody who didn't th- how much you picked up by osmosis just by being yeah. in America. I mean, you know it's everywhere. I mean? It's not like, and I, I grew up, my mom's an opera singer. So, I mean, they talk about Christianity in every opera and every, you know, yeah. like, I mean, I, it's, I grew up completely exposed to it, but my parents just weren't religious. I don't so know we that didn't... you can't. Yeah, I, I exactly. You, I mean, it's, I it's everywhere. I don't know that you can grow up here and not have some basic concept of oh, the no, Christian it's everywhere. set of ideas. But the I thing think is, is that yeah. it leaves you, I feel like, wanting more nuance. And to me, for sure. the real receipt for that is something like Dante's Inferno. Yeah, mm-hmm. totally. Which has absolutely no doctrinal evidence for it in the Bible. No, is nothing to do with anything. <laughs> 100% based in Greek and Roman pre-Christian yeah. visions of what the underworld <laughs> yeah. would be. You know what I'm saying? Like Eli quoted me on Facebook like two years ago, and I repost it every year when it comes up as a memory because it cracks me up. Apparently, one time I turned to him and said, Dante's Inferno is the OG Goosebumps book. Oh, yeah. yeah it's Christian fan fiction. It's, fan it's fan. literally yeah. the first Goosebumps book. It's like this nerd just like right. And like it's worth reading just because it's out of its mind. Like yes. what hallucinogenics are, did it's you take so to cool. think of this shit? It's like, I mean, it's amazing visuals terrible in every other way. Oh, it definitely way. feels like he was on some kind of, like, psychoactive substance, read revelations and went, like, hold right, my beer. Right, exactly. You know, yeah, like, exactly, <laughs> exactly. You want a story, that, I'll give you a story. Yeah, yeah that, that and revelations together. Yeah. yeah, you just take <laughs> the some drugs. The whole fan fiction down. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> but yeah, Dante's Inferno did kind of, like, I mean, it skewed everything. Like, well, it, between between literally the Divine Comedy and Milton's Paradise Lost, you get yeah. modern Christian ideas right. about about Satan, about hell, yeah. about demons, about what to expect in the afterlife, about the Garden of Eden, about all kinds of different things. Where it's like, bro, you're this literally isn't even what's happening. Yeah. Let's not play like which one's fiction, but like you you are straight up taking a popular <laughs> fictional book, yeah, and that's like, like you, and you're now you're. It. Like this that's is like your every, doctrine now. This is every like Dungeon Masters like first campaign that they write. <laughs> yeah. It's just very much so the Strahd campaign. Like <laughs> just like everyone goes a little bit off the, and then you develop it from there. Because um, I think like uh, like to to a lot of the points that you all are making. Like I think another evidence of um, that mixing of a bunch of influences to kind of come up with this concept of hell or the underworld is like, if you look at the difference in funerals, um, even within oh, Christian yeah. tradition, right? Mm. Like if you go to a white funeral and you go to a black funeral, they will look very, very different. different, right? Because at a black funeral, yes, there is the mourning part, but then there's three times the length of that in the repast, which is a celebration of the life of that person and them having passed into something that is different from now, right? Um, which goes, I think, is way more related to a lot of traditions in the world before Christianity. Um, and uh, like the the feasting, the the joy, the dancing, all of that to kind of help usher them um, to where they need to go is way more kind of like con- like conceptually respectful of a psychopomp, right? Yeah. Like you're trying to get them Definitely. excited so that they do a good job getting your homie to where they need to be. Yeah. Then like this idea of like you end up in a waiting room um, to decide whether or not you're going to be in eternal damnation or not. Um, well, yeah, I mean, yeah. I think there's definitely, uh, that's one of the kind of hallmarks of Christianity in my mind, as far as like one of the ways it sticks out like a sore thumb from literally everything else is like, yeah, every different belief system has a certain amount of like a healthy amount of fear 
for the concept of death and the spirits or deities attached to it. But they also have a recognition that like this is normal and natural and inevitable. And yeah. so yeah. we don't inherently demonize, yeah. you know, and vilify the spirits that are associated with death because they're just as important as the they're ones that are responsible jobs. for life. Yeah. This is you can't have existence without all of these things. So, it, but it's this, you know, it. it oh, but just that's so make like sense. Yeah, but that is so us. That is so like fucking our stupid ass people trying to out smart everything like i feel like that's like white people to a t like modern white people are just like no i don't want that like i i choose not to have right. that it's like it it's like who are you, you you're a karen to... you're a karen right. you yeah. actually think like if you i yell karen, loud enough... you're like no i don't like i so much don't want to go on to the next thing that i'm gonna make the guy who brings me there like into a i'm gonna call the cops on that guy yes for all eternity <laughs> yes. for all eternity and be like that guy is a fucking asshole and he is bothering me like well, there's, no. I mean, a plethora of reasons. It's too real. Oh no! Christianity <laughs> plugs uh, is a perfect partner for patriarchy, capitalism, yeah, exactly. imperialism, colonialism, genocide, slavery, the subjugation of women, racism. Like this. Well, look at the lack of respect. There's no respect, and it's also so much paranoia. And I have to say, like. You see that a lot when you get into a lot of the European cultures, like my own Italian culture. It's like the more that you feel feel that way and like, you know, don't celebrate death, but mourn and like, don't speak of it, like cry for seven days on the body. It's like you're talking about cultures that are extremely superstitious and paranoid. Oh, like, well, also so just paranoid. take it from us as like two people of Sicilian heritage and like <laughs> other Italian heritage. We don't have normal superstitions. Everybody else has a superstition. It's like, yeah. step no. on a crack and break your mother's back. We're like, everything means you're going to die. Everything. Hat <laughs> on the bed, you're going to yep. die. Say happy birthday before somebody's actual birthday, yep. they're going to fucking die. Oh my you God. see an empty hearse? That one's for you, buddy. Better climb in. You're dead. You're like, it's, it's like insane. Italians and especially Sicilians, we're just like, everything is terrible. Don't do anything. Yeah. Don't touch no. anything. Don't say Don't go anything. outside. Don't go outside ever. Yeah. <laughs> Everything's a fucking nightmare. Just Bird like, in the eat, house, everyone's dying. food like, and that's it. Oh my God, everyone is going to die. Everyone's going to die. It's an omnipresent thing. It's like what? It is. What is this? We're we I, hate I death the know. most. I I don't know if it necessarily is hate as much as an awareness of its well, presence. Presence because constant. There's very few places on earth that have been conquered by more peoples oh, yeah. and nations than <laughs> Sicily. Sicily. You know what I'm <laughs> so Little like, Sicily just hanging out out there. Just hanging yeah. out, getting fucking ran In over. The of every, the sea. Yeah. You know, like, oh, it's that time of the century, about to get yeah. you know marauded and raped and pillaged, and we're not gonna have anything anymore. Better learn a new language. You know. But like, I love that. I love that so much. Like reading about it like Italian folk magic like it's it's been really interesting for me because it all makes so much fucking sense but especially how like it's I mean Italians are like so fucking we're magic we're constantly dealing with magic every yeah, because yes. of the paranoia because it's like yes. every but you can't call it <laughs> well, that why because do you think that's that we the have fucking devil same... yes you can't exactly call it that. don't that's ever the say devil. that right don't ever that's say it devil, just do but... it and don't bring attention to it <laughs> exactly exactly like but uh, that's the devil but let your nana pull out you know a bowl with some water in it and some right. olive oil and all yep. of a sudden we know who's pregnant who's got the exactly. eye like okay <laughs> but it's great, not magic cool. because that's the devil no, <laughs> like, not at all, because that's the devil. <laughs> who, by the way, has no definition. 
at all. Yeah, With, yeah, the no. other side has an unbelievable level of detail to where we have St. Right. Zeta. You know how St. Anthony is like the patron saint of finding lost things? Yeah, yep. no. Sicilians would have stepped further and went, I can never find my fucking keys. And then we find <laughs> out we have St. Zeta, who straight up just deals with lost keys. That's her entire yep. bit. Yep. She's heavy. She's heavy, the cup bearer on Olympus. I just yep. hold the cup. I just hold the cup. I just hold the cup and I wake That's up because fucking Italians Zeus are fucking when somebody's crazy. flooded the We're earth. That's minds. it. We're out of our minds. And also, <laughs> I'm telling you, I've said it before and I'll say it again. People don't understand that the Roman Catholic Church was Roman before it was Catholic. Yeah. And we truly believed the central ethos of the Roman civilization was we are the supreme civilization on Earth because we didn't know that anybody else was around, basically. Existed. Yeah. Um, they, I mean, Rome had a lot of success, but not, you know, they weren't the best. Um, no. You know, by the time they were like, we have the arch. Okay, you took that from the Etruscans, and yeah. everyone in China can read. Like, what yeah. are you? <laughs> yeah, they're doing better than you. It's okay. They're doing way better than you. You're going to claim spaghetti in a little while, and they've had it this entire time. They've already had spaghetti. Um, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, fucking Marco so, Polo. <laughs> yeah. So you have this, like, fucking stupid bullshit where, like, you, you have this entire ethos that basically says we are the supreme civilization because we honor the gods better than anyone else. And you can't take that and then deprogram an entire people from it. You no, can't. No. You, can, you can tell them, hey, guys, uh, we have a new glossary of terms. Uh, we're not calling anybody but one thing God. Everything else is uh, mm, a saint. Saint. <laughs> a saint. So cool like there's no one that you'll ever meet who's more of a polytheist than an italian catholic and oh, they'll yeah. never tell you this they'll never they would physically fight you for saying that but it's like you have a saint for literally a saint everything for everything you yeah. have a saint for yeah. everything. Every town, every village, everyone, every town, like, every hospital, every like everything street, has a saint. every neighborhood every and so the saints are constantly they're not other gods present. though they're just saints <laughs> no, no, they're not yeah. other gods. They're not, you know, genius loci. They're not the ancient Just Roman spirits in place. Saints. You know, they're not anything like that. No, no, no. But also, yep. then you also have the Madonnas, who yeah. you have your local saints who are everywhere yep. around you. They're the they're anim. It's animism basically <laughs> with names, and yep. they are every single area of your life. And then you also have the Madonnas who are in way out of the way areas in Italy where you have to go make a pilgrimage to them. And that's where you see the wonder working and you see all these things. And like in Italian Catholic folk magic and like honestly in a lot of Italian just Catholicism, the Madonnas are not all Mary. Like they're they're all Mm -hmm. Mary, but they're not all the same person. The same Mary. Yeah. Yeah. They're not all the same Mary. It's literally a like litany of goddesses who can do anything. And some of them are fucked up and will kill someone. If you pray to them hard enough, like they are really insane. So it's like, yeah, we never shook it off, obviously. So that was a part of like Catholic, like growing up Southern Baptist. That was a part of Catholicism that I could never really wrap my head around. Cause I was like, but y'all, I thought God, okay. I thought yeah. God was the only, but there's, but you have all these other like, things, all yeah. these other people. And y'all are praying to them, but I thought we we're not allowed to do that. But doesn't okay, count. Yeah, doesn't okay. count. We don't call them <laughs> like, gods. They're not a god. I was so fascinated by by Catholicism as a child that I can't even tell you because I grew up in like a run of a lot of other Italian kids, and everybody went to CCD, and I was in the weirdo born again Christian cult church. 
And oh yeah, and, I forgot you're not you're not Catholic. No, I wasn't raised Catholic at all. Oh yeah. And so I mean, I know you're not we, Catholic now. But yeah, <laughs> I, I'm almost Catholic. <laughs> you're more, closer to Catholic now, I think. Yeah. I wish that they, they could see us on cam because I would just show you all the shrines to Saints in my house. Like, oh, I know. You should see the fucking sh- altar at the shop. It's um, it's yeah. it's a fucking quadruple I know. decker you're of the, like, You're you're my nona. <laughs> yeah. So I literally people come to me who don't even know me that or I don't even know them, and they come to me and they're like, "I'm having this issue. Like, which saint would help with that?" And I can't even help myself. I'm like, "Oh, you know. Here you go. Here's what their preferred offerings are. Preferred botanicals. Do you want to light a candle on this day? Here's the psalm you should use." Like, you've turned into an old Italian lady. It's okay. It's great. One hundred percent. And my arthritis is getting my knuckles almost on nano level, so I'm definitely feeling like I'm right. You're on your way. It's okay. I grew up around a whole bunch of Catholic kids going to CCD, and they were like, oh, God, it's so boring. And I'm like, well, what do you guys talk about? And they're like, oh, yeah, we're talking about all the saints. We're talking saints. about Mary and how Mary didn't die. She was, like, assumed bodily into heaven. And I'm like, oh, what? Are you serious? Yeah, it was yeah. unbelievable for me. Because you have to understand, like, if you grow up Protestant and not Catholic – the story of Mary takes 37 seconds. Yeah. She was yeah. a really nice lady. She lived a really good life. God picked her. Bing, bang, boom. Gabriel shows up. The Holy Spirit came first. Hey! Um, and uh, <laughs> all of a sudden, then there's a manger, and then we'll see her at the crucifixion, and then that's it. It's over. That's about it. Yeah. yeah. And don't ever talk about her. Like, yeah. straight up, that's the fucking, that's the thing. And so I find out, like, these people are praying to Mary. I and think that's, all, that's all we ever talk about. Catholic. That's it. Statues and icons of her, and they've got all these saints and all this stuff. And you got to understand, like it's because Italians are obsessed with their moms. It's just yeah, a mom. Yes. It's a mom obsession. It's a mom complex. It is. Um, and so I'm growing up hearing about this, and I'm hearing at the same time in church that Catholics are idolaters and devil worshippers and false prophets and all of these things because they're you're never supposed to pray to anyone but god god yeah. that's it and that's so all... i remember yeah. talking to my friends growing up and being like why would you pray to somebody who isn't god and they're like well you pray to them and then they talk to god for you yeah and i'm like what what yeah like, you and they're, like, that? <laughs> they're like yeah so like if you need this you would talk to this saint you'd pray to this saint and then this saint would go talk to god for you so that you could get it they're and messengers. i'm like what? <laughs> but that makes so much more sense, though. We're like, you've been talking to the big guy all along? Just the big you, guy? Who like, doesn't he doesn't hear have time you. to return he your calls. He doesn't hear you. Like, yeah. We don't even know if he's picking the phone up. We're like, We don't even know yeah. if he knows what a phone is. He might be on Meanwhile, vacation. every single part of the minutia of life is covered by a very specific individual who has very specific concerns that they'll help you out with. Yeah. The, the bureaucracy of it is beautiful to look oh, at. Because yeah. you're like, oh yeah. oh, yeah, no, you can file that claim here if you have the right form. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, that's so easy. The right yeah, offerings, just, the right things. It's so yeah. like, oh my God, it's so perfect. Like that's, I, I, I love the Catholics for that because there's, there's a difference between popular Catholicism and doctrinal Catholicism. The mm-hmm. actual church and what it espouses is trash. But Terrible. when you look at popular Catholicism in Italy, I, there's, there's two really good books. We always get asked about recommended reading and I want to recommend this for anybody who's trying to learn about with like real Italian Catholic folk magic. Read Madonna's Who Maim and Veiled Threats. They're by the same author. Veiled Threats came out second. And they're about popular Catholicism from like basically the 14th century to today. So they talk about like kind of in the in, a, in the beginning of the first book, it's talked about how like the way that the church ranks it is you have you have the Tridentine Godhead, you have Jesus, you have Mary, and you have the saints. 
right? And then it's like, yes, but in popular practice, you can just flip that upside down for yeah. level of importance. The <laughs> yep, saints are everywhere. Totally. They're in every part of life. Then you have the Madonnas, who are the sites of pilgrimage and miracle working and all of this. And then, like, yeah, Jesus is the name on the building that like gets the bills paid, and God's kind of around and is like, God's honestly treated as like the energy used to make things happen as like yeah. a utility and not a person who like really demands yeah anything. i never really with like my sicilian family or like but even you know in italy i never really experienced you they don't talk about god the way like the way i experience in america yeah like, yeah it's like god oh, everything is god 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 and everything in is italian god. in italian sense it's it is you're right it's much more parsed out it's not they actually yeah. rarely would talk about god because god is like it's it's too it's like also, it's, well, it's you know, almost it's borderline Jewish and that it's like God yes. is unknowable and unfathomable right. and beyond us. That's why we talk to all these dead people, because they were human and they get us. Yeah. I also don't it's think a- of Italian Christianity, even though we're like, you know, Roman Catholic. I don't really think of it as like they're like not really that religious. They're like really superstitious religious. They're not really that God oh, it's, religious. It's just folk magic. Oh, yeah, it's folk magic. Yeah. I don't, it's not like you, like, you know, like, like Eli's Irish family. That's religious. Very different. Like a uh, very yeah. different type of, there, there is like, Irish Catholic religion. folk magic that has managed to survive. Oh, I'm sure it's super interesting, but, but I like in America right super now, tiny. Like, it's yeah, very the, God. The Everything is God. Like God or... wouldn't like this and God, you know, and like, well, I feel like I will say if anybody can get in competition for who loves Mary most, the Irish could almost that's true. the, Catholic, oh, the, that's the definitely Italians, true. but they don't really have much in the way of saints. They've got St. Patrick. They've got St. They, they have a couple big ones, yeah. but they don't have like what is very clearly drawn from original Roman origins of yeah. we have nine different gods that are specifically in charge of how a door functions. This yep. one has the doorknob. <laughs> this one has the hinge. This one has, like straight up that I'm not even making that up. That's a real thing. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then they just made it Catholic flavored. And it's like, well, well, obviously that's a thing. A few things though. Cause like thinking about like, how Christianity reaches where Ireland is mm. uh, versus like how it reaches where, Italy is right. Well, yeah. it's fundamentally different because you, Ireland is where we think Celtic stuff comes from because it's the only place that didn't get conquered by the Romans. When right. in reality, the Celtic civilization, the epicenter of it was Czechoslovakia. Yeah, mm-hmm. people don't it was even like realize a really that. vague you know term I mean? for Europeans. At that what point. are maps? And, like, and same <laughs> yeah. thing with like to some degree with like you know Norse mythology is like by the time that we get it, it's already been heavily Christianized. Yeah. So a lot of the like kind of all of those uh like those spirits that might be the nine spirits of the doorway right mm-hmm. have already been consolidated and changed into something else and then also thinking about like why which is why i love the irish would say bridget because yeah. it was like they they didn't have a lot of time to fuck with stuff because they were like they were not gonna win the romans yeah. and like yeah. the christianizing force and so basically it's like okay we have the goddess bridget and she is in charge of a lot of stuff but you know we associate her with like cows and like healing wells. And then you see the image of St. Bridget and it's a woman and she's got a cow at her feet and there's a well behind her. And it's like, <laughs> bro, what, was the boat leaving? They just like slapped a seat <laughs> in front it? of her name yeah. and were like, we gotta go. Like, <laughs> like, what is this? Whereas like you, you really see a difference with like Germanic spirits where they had a lot more time to work on them. Yeah. They're like, we'll take your festivals, but we're gonna really fuck around with some we're shit We're gonna do some process. other weird shit, yeah. yeah. You know the um, the G rune that looks like an axe? Yeah, Gebo. Yeah. 
Did you know that the Vikings or the Nords, whatever you want to call them, were Christianized around 1000 AD? Mm -hmm. That's when you start seeing depictions of St. Andrew's Cross. Oh. That was their way of Christianizing it. Was the cross had to be turned on its side because he didn't want to be crucified like Christ. When it was one of the most important runes. Also because it's like super easy to draw. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was like, like gift and generosity is exactly, like, and so yeah. they were like, "Oh yeah, okay, we'll uh, we'll do this with that." So I, I just thought you'd think that was really that's cool. interesting. Yeah, because there's a similar thing with uh, Mjolnir, right? Like Mjolnir and the cross were kind of uh, had this weird competition of mm. uh, of being worn uh, by those folks because of that like competition between yeah. trying to hold on to some mm. practices and then also moving towards the new. Well, they had that in Rome because there was such a long time after Rome Christianized. That they they could not get rid of the cult of Venus. Like everybody <laughs> else got finally like abandoned, and the cult of Venus was like persisting. So they yeah. straight up took all of That's the accoutrements of the cult of Venus and shaped the the Mar- the Mary. image of the Virgin it, Mary. Yeah, it yeah. sounds like it. Makes which sense. the rose was Venus's flower, which is why you have the rosary. They were like, fine, you can be obsessed with the the, the chick. It just has yeah. to be a different one. Yeah, they're like, well, now she's covered up and she's a virgin and sh- shut up. Yeah, she's a virgin, but you still enjoy. Yeah. Right. Because it's like, because I, I think about like, for instance, like how these West African religions kind of form Kimbanda, Mbanda, like uh, Mukumba, like Santeria, right? Which has a much more kind of like Catholic yeah. relationship to saints or the spirits or Rishas, mm-hmm. the Lua, right? Um Versus, like, American U.S. Protestantism, which is very much so the supreme and then the servers under. Yeah. yeah. Which, like, looking at our version of slavery and how much longer it lasted because it's still, still going on. In in the conceptualization, conceptualization of power, right, uh, it would be really dangerous for black Americans to have a bureaucracy of other spirits to go to to get to God because then that completely disrupts the power structure, right? Mm. Um, so, like, like, even in like why American Protestantism is the way that it is, right? It's the most, like we're the, we're that experiment. It's the most uh, exposed to capitalism. It's the most exposed to slavery. It's the most exposed to all these things. Um, and you have this deified master slave relationship that backs it up, underpins it. Oof. Like it forces an accelerated evolution on all the concepts brought here because yeah. they're wow. forced to interact with each other instead of having thousands of years where civilizations are slowly finding each other and have like this kind of meeting where they can kind of, you know, figure stuff out slowly. Everyone's just jammed into the same room and it's forcing evolution. And so like you can't have that same bureaucracy because it slows everything down mm-hmm. again. Right. You need to have it just be God and then everyone else. Because that bureaucracy um, can only evolve. Right. Like organically, you can't yeah. do an instant version of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so like, and then looking at the black tradition, um, and and just like how it keeps trying to get out of that, um, and white supremacy keeps trying to like push everything back into the box. Yeah, uh, because it's, it would be a really efficient way of overtoppling, like toppling yeah. over this this power dynamic. That makes um, a lot of sense. Which is why, you know, we get demonized Vogu. We get demonized yep. uh, Santri, you know, all of those things because it would be really, really dangerous to the to the god that we're, like, referring to. Yeah. But also the power structure that's hiding behind that visage as well. Yeah. Well, exactly. Because the if you path, really yeah. think about it, like, it's the, the perfect living example that proves your entire thesis is Haiti. Mm. 
Hmm. Yes, it is. I mean, <laughs> yeah. like there's there's barely a Haitian you'll talk to that's not going to admit like, uh, yeah, voodoo played a huge role in us getting our independence and oh. having a success. The first, the only successful slave uprising that resulted in independence in the history of the world. Hmm. And why the U.S. even right now uh, is still pillaging and trying to destroy Haiti. Oh, yeah. Europe has never forgiven Haiti for what they've done. And the U.S. was like, yeah, okay, cool. That's what we're doing. Awesome. And just <laughs> double down on it. Yeah. That's why I had such a hard time voting for Hillary Clinton, honestly. Mm. Just yeah. straight up was the entire – just the Haiti thing alone. I was like, I can't do this in good <laughs> yeah. conscience. I can't. You know what I mean? And, like, yeah. so that – but that's, like, the thing is, you know, when you really think about purview and how it's divvied up, you have to think about, like, the circumstances during which these uh, theological decisions were being made, you know? Right. Yeah. And I really think there's an interesting thing when you look at, like, um, epithets of, like, the ancient gods and how they had different faces ver and how that syncretism versus, mm. like, the syncretism with, like, Catholic folk magic, right? Yeah. So, like, you were mentioning, like, Santeria. You know, you have different versions of Santeria. You have mm. somebody who's praying to St. Martha. They are, they are talking to Santa Marta. That is who they are talking to. It's a white lady. She's got a torch in a Bible and like that's about it right and then you have Santa Marta La Dominadora which is going to be her and she's got a dragon and she in this like apocryphal story after um, the, the situation of the Bible because remember this is literally Martha remember Martha yeah. Mary Magdalene's sister mm -hmm. yeah. who fucking like Mary Ma you know she's like having a party and Jesus is there and she's like trying to host and she's doing dishes and she's cooking and she's doing the whole thing she comes out she like needs some help her sister's on the floor like washing Jesus' feet with her tears in her hair she's like here she fucking goes again Jesus can you tell her to get up because I need some help in the kitchen and Jesus chastises her and it's like, you're missing the point. And it's like, no, you're not going to eat if we don't get this shit cooked unless you want to, like, magic up some food, magic man. You know what I mean? <laughs> I like your funny words, magic man. <laughs> <laughs> so, but that's the thing is, like, you know, so you have this whole story afterwards of how she goes to France and then she encounters the Tarasque, which is this huge dragon. Yeah, and Tarrasque. she takes off her girdle and then wraps it, makes the sign of the cross over the dragon and it like subdues itself and she wraps the girdle around it and then it's bound to her and she dominates it and then she drags it out and like to the city and shows everyone and they're like, ah, the wonder working. <laughs> and so- That's a fucking crazy story. Oh yeah. yeah. How to train your dragon. Like Yeah. <laughs> what a corset on a dragon? What the hell? This became an allegory for women who have to deal with how to conquer dangerous, abusive, or evil men. Yeah, makes sense. And so St. Martha the Dominator is a very specific face that she has that is prayed to by women in troubled situations with men where they need to gain the upper hand. Get out of it, yeah. Whoa. And so you have Santa Martha la Dominadora, who's this, like, still her, but you've got this whole extra apocryphal layer and blah, blah, right. blah. But then you have Santa Martha la Dominadora, who you're going to see sometimes, who is straight up a black woman with really big, beautiful hair who's like usually sitting cross-legged and holding up a bunch of snakes. Huh. Who's just straight up Mami Wata from the Caribbean. <laughs> and it's like, oh, because they got syncretized. Okay, fine, yeah. cool. But that's not, you're not praying to St. Martha now, guys. That's not who you're praying <laughs> yeah, that's to. Different, different that's, you know, so you have Santeras who are like 100% by the book Catholic. They just do some extra yeah. shit with the saints. And then you have all the way over to ones that are like 100% praying to African or Afro-Caribbean mm. or um, Afro-Latino spirits or deities 
and are cognizant of it or you also have the spectrum of how willing are they to admit that that's who they're talking to yes you have like saint barbara right you have santa barbara right you got her she's got a crown there's a tower there's probably lightning in the background cool saint barbara is the saint that got uh that got synchronized with shango because Mm -hmm. there's thunder in the background and so you have the guy who's with thunder with the orishas perfect right the thing is, is that you have St. Barbara and there are people who are talking to Santa Barbara. She is a beloved saint and has a lot of folk magic around her. But then you also have, for some reason, Santa Barbara Africana, which is literally the Black Madonna. Hmm. Huh. And then you have uh, one version, I think specifically from Mexico, that is San- Santa Barbara in Caballero, in, in Ca- Cabella? Ca- Caballera. I think in, Cab- in Caballera, which is, it's Saint, it's Saint Barbara, but she's on the back of a white horse, and the horse is rearing up, and she's got a sword, and she's been like syncretized with like a Mexican folk saint. Yeah, that's pretty badass. Uh, or like folk hero, right? Yeah. And then you well, have so- the people who straight up are like they'll even have like a an icon of Saint Barbara, and in the lower right hand corner there will be an image of Shango. <laughs> just like as a reminder like this is who you're actually calling Psst. <laughs> yeah you called the 1-800 number that's 1-800 st barbara but you're gonna hit th- three Four, and you're gonna yeah. talk to shango you yeah. know like, that's the whole thing so it's really wild to see okay yeah you it, this is the thing we've always done are you praying to which version of zeus are you praying to based mm, on right. your needs based on the thing that's there's a specific zeus that has to do with protecting the home and in your daily life in your home practice of religion that's the zeus that you would be calling out to with that epithet to watch over your home and keep it safe you know what i'm saying like that's crazy a crazy thing to pray version. to zeus for but yeah to whatever you well remember yeah. zeus is only real thing to contribute to the like the natural order or law and order in any way shape or form is his unbelievable fixation with hospitality yeah he's like emily post he's like <laughs> he's, it's the weirdest it's the weirdest thing for him if you don't put that salad spoon on the right yeah. side third from the left you are going to get struck by lightning <laughs> i like that he has like this total martha stewart side where yeah. he's like, this just has oh to be God. He's a classic like, villain who's like a tyrant, yes. but also has like a beautiful rose garden that he's really yep. fixated on. <laughs> yep. This this reminds me too, because like one of my best friends from home, shout out to Ian, uh, his, his family's from like the, like his mom's from the Amazon, like uh, from very, very yeah. deep in the Amazon. Um, and he's recently started having conversations with his aunts because one of his aunts is like the only one who has been kind of like keeping track of all of the weird stuff that goes on but still staying christian and so she's been telling him these stories about like the boltu like the like the white dolphin people of the amazon and like all of this natural shit that happens there as it gets mixed into into christianity and ian was pretty much like yeah i ignored it because i thought it was christianity but now i'm like wait a minute this is just not christianity not at all yes it is yes it is right it is christianity now this river person that hot like this dolphin person that came out of the river and walked into and he's like wait a minute (laughs) (laughs) she's like no christianity yeah that's what it is. As long yeah. as they keep um, saying so, that, it's okay. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. You can have an unlimited amount of saints who can do anything, even things that are not okay or not kosher, okay. according to doctrine, yeah. because they get all their power from God. Yeah, they're saints. They don't it's have okay. any power of their own. They get all their power from God, and don't you fucking say anything else. Like, there's a Sicilian set of saints called the Decolati, who are the beheaded ones. They're a bunch of criminals that got fucking murdered, but they or they got beheaded, but they got they like did a whole act of contrition where they like confessed their crimes. They still killed them, but like they <laughs> then pledged 
to like help the poor and the needy. So they're like a friend to like women and children and like the poor. And there's a church <laughs> dedicated to them and they're supposedly buried in the churchyard and they appear as severed heads and they'll come help you. But there's also like love spells where you invoke them to go torture the person that you were in love with to come <laughs> talk to you. Sound familiar? This is, like, this yeah, is literally it. just the mafia. <laughs> You're just that's it. it. It's like, the spiritual mafia. Uh, but that's the thing it. too. Is like, we can't know, help it. We only do business like that. That's it. Like, well, go fucking oh torture him. Do you want to know the most Italian thing about spirituality in the entire, like ever? It, it's my favorite part of being Italian, and it is the fact that there are written like invocations that you can still find of the gods and of the saints that read almost exactly the same way. Oh yeah, you call on the god. And Just you change say, the name. Yeah. Oh, you beloved of so and so, who is so bright and beautiful and lovely, who is everlasting and eternal, and who I give all of my worship to, may you give me this, 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 and this, or may you never know peace or sleep or joy. Oh, like, I like that you're threatening the, the gods. How do the Italians do it? We ask for something while also threatening you if you don't We're give like, it to hold us. Hold a gun up to the gods. Up to just uh, yeah. shooting into the sky. Give me what I asked for. Where the fuck is my stimulus check, Biden? Oh, like, where is my exactly. stimmy, bitch? But that it also just shows like, you how overdramatic we have to be. We can't just be the like, time. please. The we have to be like, come on. <laughs> yeah, no, you can't be sad your husband died. If you don't try and get in the coffin, you never loved him. And oh, everyone yeah. knows it now. And now <laughs> everyone knows it. Like, yep. if you don't that throw was... yourself into an open grave on top of his oh, coffin, yeah. your marriage was a fucking sham and everybody in the community from, knows it for now. Years. Yeah. You have to cry for years. Oh, yeah. If you don't wear black and never even let a man look at you for Forever. at least a decade, the, yeah, it's over. Like, it's over. <laughs> and your your sons will disown you. Like, yeah. it's so fucked. But, like, the thing is, we I kind of mentioned this before, but, like, one of the things I think is so cool that still carries through with the saints, specifically in Italian Catholic folk magic, is you look at like Apollo and Artemis and they're the plague gods because they could relieve a plague but also they could punish with a plague and one of the th one of the abiding rules of Italian Catholic folk magic is for every sickness there is a saint for every saint there is a sickness which means just as much as they can give or just as much as they can take it away for you, they'll also give it to you if you don't properly yeah. appreciate them. Like, that's the other thing, too. They have such unchristian personalities where they're, yeah. like, wildly... Not, yeah, that's not Christian know, at all. No, they're Vindictive wild. And you gotta like, be really careful. They'll punish the shit out of you. Like, yes, absolutely. Like, you have to be super careful. You also... There's this thing of being, like... You're just at the epicenter of so many spirit negotiations at so many times. You've got so many plates uh -huh. spinning. And if you piss off one, the whole house is coming down. So yeah. you got to be real careful. And again, that's that whole, you better have a temple to the unknown god in case one random case. god shows up to Rome. And yeah. it's like, yo, you conquered my we people. Cover what our the ass fuck, here. man? Yeah, yeah. what's well, good? <laughs> that's it. Well, like, that was one of my favorite things about Wish School. Uh, at one point, you mentioned that like when we were learning about the saints, and I was like mind blown. But you mentioned that there is one of the saint statues where, like, in his story, he's holding a baby or something. And when you, like, do saint petitions Anthony. to him, you take away the baby. Yeah. And the statue is built for you to be able to do yeah, that. Yeah, you can literally yeah. have St. Anthony what? statues where <laughs> the, baby the baby is magnetic. And you can take it out of his arms. And it's so you can clean it better. Which, uh, like, I... bro, like, that's <laughs> not true of any other saint that carries anything. No. What are you talking about? And every saint carries something. Because just like with the gods, they have an mm -hmm. attribute. And that's how Their you stuff, identify yeah. them. Because overall, they all kind of look the same. 
Um, yeah. And so you have to like identify them by their shit, you know, like, oh, okay, cool. There's an anchor yeah. and there's a clutch of arrows. That's St. Philomena. You know, like, you know it now. Like, yeah. so, but that's the thing is like you, um, there's a whole thing of like hot and cool saints. So like, yeah. <laughs> like St. Jude is like a cool saint who like, if you ask him for something and he gives it to you and you don't give him his offering, he's not going to like punish you for it. But also... Yeah. If you call on him to hurt somebody, he's not going to do it. Also, fun fact, the way they died sometimes really matters. So, like, St. Yeah. Jude is often said to have been beaten to death with a club to his head. So, it's said that he's kind of slow. He's a little slow, oh. yeah. So, you, like, if you don't make incredibly specific requests with him, it'll be like, oh, my God, we're going to lose our house. We need a miracle. And he's like, cool. And, like, the day you get evicted and thrown out of your house, like, you win a brand new car. <laughs> yeah. And it's yeah. like, <laughs> like, no, that didn't help. That's not what I needed. That's not what I needed. And he's like, you didn't ask That's for anything. Hilarious. I just. Uh, you have to be okay. really specific. Yeah. You have to so be. Funny. But, like, you know, there's other, there's also hot saints who will fuck you up if you yeah. make an agreement with them saying, hey, I need this. And if you give it to me, I'll give you this. And then you don't give it to them. They'll fuck you up. Like, You're in trouble. And it's on, it's on a spectrum so like saint michael is kind of known to be like such a yeah. stickler because he's a cop so he's the patron <laughs> yeah. saint of cops and so you know he will show up in your dreams and be like yo where's my fucking excuse me excuse me <laughs> where's my shit that you said you're gonna give me bitch because uh i don't see it around here i've been waiting um whereas like there's others that will like fully take back what they gave you and more and like oh, no. that's always a sticky situation. Arguably, Saint Expedite is one, but not because he's a hot saint, more because he's so linked with like trickstery shit and yeah. crossroads and liminal spaces. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So like he's wild, but yeah, that whole thing of like you know being able to give and take away, like it, it it's like bro, this barely got Christianized. You just put Jesus on top of the whole mess, like. And what I think is really interesting about that, right? Just for for like the brain, right? Is it if there is only one supreme power that everyone has to kind of do whatever to right it changes the way you view reality mm-hmm. right but if you have all these spirits and everything like it makes you pay attention to to the world in different ways yes. right and i think about this a lot as like the role of psychopomps is usually being tricksters and it's like why are you just being an asshole but if you think about it like you're that's someone who is moving through realities Right. So the shit yeah. they've seen has just forcefully like ha- has to have had an effect on the way that yeah. they process things. Right. Because they've and seen also how ostensibly they would appear to us. Yeah. If it's at like... all. Yeah. You know what it's I'm like, saying? I saw this like, was coming, like this oh, is, I bounced I through this dimensions way. and I've seen eldritch horrors and like yeah. the void and everything else. And like yeah. so then, you know, they're like you, maybe when they appear to you, nothing about them is static. And everything right. is like maybe vaporous, and they have the multiple. <laughs> right, va- yeah. I mean, there's even there's a really cool thing about that in um, ancient Judeo-Islamic lore about the Archangel of Death, which is Azrael, mm-hmm. and it's said that he has this very interesting appearance where he's got like you know a million wings, and they're all covered in eyes. And but the thing is, is that when he appears to you, his face is is the face of everyone who's ever lived. And it's constantly Whoa, changing. Amazing. That's sick. And it's like, okay, yeah, the liminality and transcendence of death would yeah. need to look like that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, it embodies everyone. Also, the fact that he's the archangel of death, uh, in that he either it's not necessarily said that he is death, that he like Im, that he makes death happen, but he he will always be there at the hour of death. And the really beautiful thing is that he's this like really scary looking angel. But out of all of the angels, he's the most merciful because he is the mm. embodiment of God's love and that no one ever dies alone. That's cool. Which just, like, always did me in. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Is... Like, oh, but 
yeah it's it's wild like when you look at the the liminality of trickster spirits crossroad spirits death spirits what did you guys think of the breakdown last week when i was talking about like all the different gods of death and different types of them yeah i think that's super helpful to think about right because i think like again just for for our our mental space like to be able to consider these things as much more complex right allows us to see the reflections of them in the reality that we're currently dealing with mm. and then also i think just like if you can react to something through an emotion other than fear like through a lens other than fear mm. you can gain you can learn a lot more just like as a teacher right like making kids not scared of the things they're learning is a big part of my job because once they do that they do the rest yeah like they'll run off and learn the rest once you get them you remove that fear yeah um but oftentimes that fear is attached to authority, right? Like you, you like, and so like, I think that's one of the coolest things about talking about dominion and talking about like, again, that liminal space and like having there be multiple kinds of death and having multiple people be in charge of that. Um, Cause it's like, yeah, it comes from different perspectives. There's different ways to perceive it. Um, so yeah, I, I find it very important. I feel like there's like a famous E.E. E. Cummings poem where like, I, that I always like the line always stuck with me, even though I can't quote it correctly now. But it's basically like a, the the yeah, the concept is that dying like death is actually good. Like you're not scared of death; it's dying that we're scared of. Yeah, yeah. And I th yeah. and I think that that's like like that death is beautiful. Like he's comparing death and dying, and that they're not the same thing. Even like you know, and so the idea of the gods and different forces being broken down, that there's some that just are death and there's some that are with you when you die and there's some that are what comes next. I mean, I think it's really useful uh, psychologically as a human to think about death more in that way because because in the end it really is true. Like why are we, we're not scared of death. We're scared of dying because it can be painful or unpleasant. And then we're scared of the unknown and we're scared of loss. But none of yeah. those things are being dead. Like, we're right. not actually scared yeah. of being dead. What is being dead? We don't even know what it is. And it That's the thing. We don't know. And we have no, but we also have no information to say that it's bad. If we do the thing we all do, no. which is compare it to before we were born, there, there's right. no bad. We don't really have like a bad association with that or bad, you know, like, I, so it's sort of like. Well, it's like imagining we're, we're that a baby in the womb of... would be scared of being born. They don't know what yeah. the world right. after You don't that know is what it be. is. Yeah. So that's why it... I love that marketplace idea for me. Five. I love yeah. that too. You were somewhere and then you come down and then you go back up because that makes a lot of yeah. sense. And I think also like the representation of having dying gods or gods that are reborn. Right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Again, going back to Egypt with Osiris, going to Zagreus, going to christ right yeah um these gods that have gone to the other side and come back and usually they're pretty compassionate as a result they're like yeah this shit's scary bro like i get it like <laughs> well that was one of the um, only things i ever really liked about jesus is that canonically he goes to hell and he yeah. conquers death like he has to go through this trial and tribulation um which to me is so much more important than like the cross you know mm -hmm. Because the, the problem that I have with the cross is I, I, I'm a really big fan of Christopher Hitchens on this, where he says it's a completely immoral doctrine. It's vicarious redemption. If I care for you, or even just out of charity, I could pay your fine for you. If I really loved you, I might even go to jail for you, or even take a death sentence for you. But what I cannot do, it is literally impossible, is I cannot take your responsibility for what you did. Mm. It shouldn't be done. It can't be it done. Be. And there's it's a reason. Incorrect. You yeah. know what I'm it saying? Like people from going through that transformation. Right. Like it, it takes that that way of them transforming away from them. Exactly. Yeah. And sometimes also, sometimes the most important thing is for 
somebody to experience something. It's not, yeah, it's not that it's yeah. good or bad. It's like you're positing too much of a meaning on it rather than like the thing needs to happen. The thing yeah. just has to happen. Cause yeah. that that's the only way it doesn't. Yeah. I think that makes perfect sense. That's interesting. Well, Cause it's, it's that thing to me, what it is, is it's that thing that, you know, I haven't personally experienced this, but it's a universal experience. It's that thing that if you gave a parent an option to do it, the first hundred times they would do it for their kid. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Although mm-hmm. they know on an intellectual level, my kid has they to shouldn't. fall down they and get do hurt. They yep. have to put their hand on the stove to figure out it's hot. They have to learn all of these things the hard way because that's the human experience. If they could, because they love their child so much, they would take yeah. away that from them. But then what would their child be left with? What would their, what would their experience be as a person? You can't also, <coughs> you're, you're the robbing them. Of, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The what? You're robbing. The story of the Buddha. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, you keep them from all of this shit, and then eventually, they, you know, eventually, they will find it. They'll they get spit get out it. into the world. Yeah. And they'll, yeah. They'll have no idea how to handle themselves. They'll yeah. have no idea how to survive it. And they'll probably be completely sh- shocked into crippling anxiety and depression immediately. And I think site. we've all met people like that. Yes, we have. <laughs> who, who, unfortunately, it's like you're you're not only uh, like I like to think in the more interesting way, like psychologically and spiritually, you're being robbed of your experience, but also just like on a really basic level, you're also just like a fucking awful person then because you don't know how to deal with anything. <laughs> yeah, and you have no empathy. You're a waste. Yeah. Exactly. No empathy. You haven't had to make hard decisions. You haven't had to live through anything. Like, it's just it's not good. All right, guys. Well, thanks so much for tuning in. We're so happy that we got to do this episode and that we're back on track. We are not taking, yeah. you know, any other time off in the foreseeable future. But if we do, we'll let you know through Instagram again. We are really excited that we go back into the gods next week. And it's going to be a vengeance-based episode because oh, yeah. it's time for Madonna's greatest hits. That's right. It's Hera. <laughs> and oh, she's love burning up, burning up but for your love. mad. And by yeah. that... I mean, she's starting the Trojan War and burning down Athens. It's bad. Um, so, anyway, we hope that you are well. And if you want to get a hold of us, just shoot us an email at whengodwasqueer at gmail.com. Find us on Instagram or TikTok at whengodwasqueer. Or you can go to anchor.fm slash whengodwasqueer to leave us voice notes. And if we think they're really nifty, we'll put them in the episode. Other than that, it's That's that time awesome. again. For a cacophony of chaos and queerness. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> Be gay. Be gay. Do crime. Do crime. The gods are always the gods watching. Are always watching. watching. This isn't even <laughs> watching to be on. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> <Sick of the best. laughs> All right. Bye. bye.